0: To write about like a difficult time and write about my emotions and it was so hard because i was like i don't know like i'm not i wasn't in touch with my emotions at that time that's right
1: pakistanis are not so but that's how it works (laughs) i'm a muslim and that's okay presents some of the most interesting women i know everyone. May peace be on you all. And welcome to episode two of my very special interview segment of some of the most interesting women I know. My name is Shella and my very special guest today is Sabah Zal. And she's special because I consider her a unicorn, and in my, <laughs> and it might seem strange coming from someone. Um, let me just first give you a brief intro of her. Sabav is she is a counselor, and she is, I mean, as you do a lot of different kinds of counseling. Isn't that right, Sabah?
0: I do, so I, at this point, I do some family counseling, um, couples counseling, as well as individual counseling, and then I work with different types of individuals, like kids, adults, uh, young adults, so yeah. Wow, a that's a whole everything.
1: whole spectrum right there. And again, it's strange coming from me because my dad is a psychiatrist. And you'd think that, you know, coming from a family that is, you know, very familiar with people who are into healing, not people's bodies, but people's emotions and their mindsets and everything that Saba would not be a unicorn, but she is because, and she will confirm this, that amongst Muslims and Pakistanis especially, it, there was a time, especially in my generation, Saba is much younger than I am. And uh, <laughs> it was strictly taboo that these things were not openly spoken about, openly discussed, and openly dealt with so when I and the thing is I have known Sabah for um, almost a year now and I basically stalked her online I had a friend who uh, subscribed to Sabah and I found her it, I was like oh my gosh she is young Muslim woman and she's a counselor this is this is incredible. And that was the first <laughs> reaction to this, and like, so I was like, oh my god! And I'm, I'm sitting there on Instagram. I'm basically stalking her profile, and like, <laughs> and then I subscribe to her, you know, and I follow her regularly. And her, you know, your counseling services, happiness. And please correct me if I'm wrong. Is it Happiness Co. or is it Happiness Company? You've got to give us your intro, Saba. You have to, like, before I mess this up, please. You have to. No, give you're
0: good. You're good. Uh, so, yeah, Happiness Co. Counseling is my um, handle on Instagram. Um, but, yeah, so I, there are actually a lot more uh, Muslim Pakistani counselors now. Now, um, because, Saba, yes, yeah. you are much <laughs> younger than I am.
1: I'm an old goat. My generation, we did not have this.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely think it's becoming more of a talked t- uh, about topic, like mental health. A lot of people are talking about mental health and how to help your mental health and focus on your mental health and talking about your emotions. I think in the way that I even experienced emotions growing up was that they're just they're you just kind of dismiss them and don't really deal with them. Mm-hmm. All you're really supposed to feel is happy, and every other emotion, any other negative emotion that you feel, just means that you're being ungrateful or you're not being. Like a good right. Muslim, or your iman is weak, or that you're not you're not trusting in God. Right. So that's really how I saw emotions being viewed, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's what just kind of drew me to the field of psychology. And um, that's that's the thing. And um, like for us
1: lay people, please, I was going through your qualifications that you sent me. I was like, um, I'm afraid none of this makes any sense to me, unfortunately, <laughs> because that's the thing. I mean, amongst Muslims, Pakistani Muslims, or just Muslims in general because we're so unfamiliar with the field of counseling I mean we're you know what we're familiar with is engineering degrees and doctor degrees and now IT degrees we know what those mean but um, if you could give us your full qualification and how would you like break it down in like for us, for us poor to to understand. people.
0: Well, there's, there's multiple licenses that, that you can like t- uh, like obtain to be able to pra- practice counseling and so that's why it can be very confusing, that can be confusing. Mm-hmm. But my uh, specific title is like a, it's called licensed professional counselor and for short it's LPC. Mm-hmm. And so in order for me to get that degree I had to um, get my master's degree in mental health counseling and then I did... Um, I got my license through the state after um, receiving like 3,000 hours of working experience wow. um, as a counselor. So, after you get your master's degree, you have to go through that in order to become state licensed. Mm-hmm. And once you're state licensed, you can practice on your own. And mm-hmm. so, I've been state licensed for the past four years now.
1: Oh, wow. So, before I move forward with this, I'm going to m- move back a little. So, I sure. mean, um, tell us about yourself and your personal life. I mean, uh, how did it all start out? How did you start out? And you know, what was the stepping stone that got you to where you are right now?
0: So I would say that I found counseling accidentally because it, was, it wasn't really a thought out plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always thought that would be interesting to connect with others and to talk with others. Like I love doing that. I was very much always involved in community work growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I was involved in the masjid. Um, And so I didn't even realize counseling, I I did see the degree for it, but I didn't ever think that I was going to do that. I always thought maybe I'd become a clinical psychologist or maybe a medical doctor, like those were the two professions that I was considering. Um, But then um, I got married really young and so I was like, okay, it might not be as practical to go through such a long school path. as far as like my school career went but then I decided to get my master's in mental health counseling which is a two-year program Mm -hmm. Um, and it was I was teaching at the time um, third grade I was teaching third grade and at that point I had had my bachelor's in child learning and development and I got my degree in something that there's not really a career per se attached to child learning and development like you it's not like you can become you can become a teacher but you have to get certification right and um, you you, it's not really a set career path so I was kind of like oh, okay I don't know what I'm gonna do so I just I got a job at an Islamic school I taught for a year and I was like okay I can't this is not for me it's not something I want to keep doing right and so then I applied literally like right before applications were about to um, close I applied and alhamdulillah I got in And then I just did the field and I didn't even know much about counseling when it before I started that's why I always say I feel like it was a calling and I accidentally found it because I never had gone to therapy I thought counseling was advice giving and I didn't really know what it entailed at all Um, and I just decided like blindly to go into this career Um, and I remember even like my like on the interview the interview for the master's program I was they were asking me to write about like a difficult time and write about my emotions and it was so hard cuz i was like i don't know like i'm not in t- i was in touch-, touch with my emotions at that time That's right.
1: Pakistanis are not so but that's how it <laughs> works, you know. <laughs> it's like most of the emotions are really repressed.
0: <laughs> yes yes yeah for sure like i i knew like a lot like when i went to the doctor's office like a couple of times like they thought they were like oh it seems like you have anxiety and i never really understood what that meant Mm -hmm. or what that was right and until i went through my program and i was like okay yeah i guess i am anxious sometimes and that's
1: the thing i I, that's why i I was so excited when i found you because it is more now because i see all of you know from your generation and, and all of those that are younger that are really stepping up to fix all the problems that came from us and those before Mm -hmm. us and uh, it's fantastic because you know it was a long time coming I mean it's you can only go so far with you know keeping it all bottled up inside it's not good for you but and you uh, cater to so many different I guess kinds of situations I mean from individual counseling to child counseling marriage counseling and uh, what is it and First, tell me: are, are most of your clients um, are they Muslim, Pakistani Muslim, or clients from every demographic?
0: So I have clients from every demographic. Um, I would say, like, maybe 50% of my clients are Muslim, and then 50% of my clients are not Muslim. Right. Um, And so since I, you know, started my page on Instagram, I did start getting more Muslim clients. Before that, I never really had Muslim clients. And a lot of my Muslim clients, like, this is their first time in therapy ever. Right. So it's really cool to go through that journey with them of, like, Mm -hmm. teaching them what counseling is and what emotions are and, like, how to... To express them in a way that's healthy and just talking through things that are difficult with them right Um, that's that's been my experience as far as like the demographic I see
1: and is there and I guess this um, might not apply but is there there that one singular thing that you find when you're counseling so many different kinds of situations that is commonst amongst them uh, or not or at least that you see that is that is something that I guess troubles people a lot more than others
0: so yes and no like i think that so each client it for sure is different like if i'm working with sometimes i see a set of symptoms that could be similar like if i'm working with clients who have anxiety right. especially like that they like have generalized anxiety disorder they have there's a set of symptoms that are unique to that disorder and right so i see a lot of that i can see a lot of similarities in that but each client is really different but i think that the reason that counselors are able to counsel multiple you know different people is because the nature of counseling, the whole point of counseling, is to be able to create a safe environment for your mm-hmm. client to be able to explore who they are, and right. in, in a way that's a, like, non-judgmental. Right. And so, in order, I think one of my strengths is that I build rapport with people quickly, and mm-hmm. so that's helped I, it, me a lot in my work because I feel like even when i was younger like people would tell me their secrets or they would want to like confide in me right um i think that when i'm with my clients like a lot of times like this is the first time they ever told somebody what they're struggling with right and i feel very honored to be a part of that but i think that one thing i think it's the counseling process that can help a lot of people even if they're coming to the session with different like problems right and do you find
1: that i mean How resistant do you think people are to this I mean now and I guess my specific question is that even in the general Muslim demographic how resistant do you think people are still to this to the idea of therapy to the idea of therapy and I guess other part of my question is is that how seriously do they take it because they'll be there in counseling Mm -hmm. but how seriously do you think they're taking it
0: so I think that a lot of times, like what I see is like the clients who reach out, they are taking it seriously. But for the most part, because they're coming every week and they're 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 seeking me out, so it's not like I'm forcing them to be in the session. So they're seeking me out, which is really nice. Like that they they want to be there. Right. So a lot of times, what I when I see resistance is when I'm dealing with couples. Mm-hmm. that's mainly when I see resistance because one right. person's on board of like let's talk about our feelings and the other person is like oh actually I don't really want to tell you how I feel right I don't really want to like look at my look at how I'm contributing to like the how know, do you deal like, with that I, mean, I would like explode right there
1: I mean that's why I'm not the counselor but I would be like get so mad at this. but how yeah, do you deal well, with, with that education. kind of like energy I guess it's just you know, I, you're there to help people out. And when there's one person who's there who's willing and the other person is not, I mean, gosh, I'd be bad at this again, but how do you, how would you deal with something, that kind of energy? And how would you, I don't know, get that into a frame of mind where at least some progress is made?
0: So it's different, it's hard in every situation, of course, like different, or not hard, but different in every situation, I would say. Like even parents sometimes are resistant to the mm-hmm. idea of whenever there's family sessions or whatever they might be resistant right. to the idea of counseling right um, in that way also so it is hard because of the fact that if you don't if you're not willing to participate in the process it's a very uh, counseling is a very active process it's not something that's right. passive so if you're not right. if you're not actively participating or actively wanting to be there then really there's nothing that I can do to help that client and or help that person because they have to want to help themselves right. counseling can only work if the client is motivated motivated right, to make right, changes right. Um, and showing up sometimes especially for couples counseling showing up sometimes is not enough right to just show up you have to do the work outside of counseling as well right, and so right. a lot of times what I've suggested for those individuals is I would recommend them a specialist or like maybe a specialist individual therapist that could help them and then right. feed the couple together if they're open to that idea again so they have to be open to that and even I've seen clients who are doing that but they still have a hard time or they're still resistant to right. the idea of talking about their feelings, or wanting to like talk about their, or take accountability, I think that's what's hard. Like if if someone doesn't take accountability, and that makes it really hard, but I think it's easier in an individual session for people to take accountability. Right. When if they don't, like they usually don't end up, they'll just stop coming because they don't want to take accountability.
1: Right, right. And, oh gosh, I guess, what is the hardest thing for you in this, in all of this? And it's not just like about couples therapy, or individual therapy I, I guess I have a soft spot for kids is there a situation especially with children involved that you find especially difficult
0: um so it's so interesting that you say that because I feel like I lo- I, I love working with children because I right. know children grasp the concepts so quickly and mm-hmm. you can really see their progress a lot faster right especially with their depression and their anxiety like I could have only a few sessions with a child client and they would be able to Go back to functioning and they'd be able to go back to functioning um, at a level that that was better than they were before pretty quickly right. versus right. like an adult who's struggling with it it's a little bit harder because that becomes part of not part of their personality but they've been living with it for so long so Ooh. it's so hard to tackle some of those beliefs
1: right right um
0: and so children are not hard for me to deal with even if sometimes they're struggling with suicidal thoughts or anything Like oh, wow. I, it's It's not hard for me to deal with them because I know that they, like if they go through the counseling process, especially when they're younger, like around like 13 and younger, I feel like they are really quick to grasp the concepts Mm -hmm. um, and just really able to work on their anxiety as long as they're practicing the skills. Right. So, uh, as far as teens go, like it's a little bit more difficult, but with young I That's what
1: I was wondering. I mean, when you had said 13 and younger, I was like, oh my gosh, do children that young... I mean, again, I'm speaking from a place of not knowing this at all, but I, I would understand like between 13 and 18 because everything becomes so complicated that the idea of suicide does come into play. There's a lot of peer pressure, but you do encounter kids 13 and younger that also have this inner thought or inner yeah. urge that they-
0: I guess like the word is suicidal ideation so yeah for exactly sure. for sure there are children who do experience suicidal ideation and it's it's hard to see but at the same time like once they are taught the skills of like how to deal with their emotions they get mm-hmm. a lot they get better a lot quicker right um, so that's it's really nice to see their progress
1: right, right. Um,
0: but as far as like as far as um, and other clients also like they're definitely I see progress with them too. I right. just think that it's just because I've also had a lot of experience working with younger children who have anxiety and depression. That that's probably one of my strengths. Right, so right. working with them like and depending on how again uh, depending on how motivated they are. Mm-hmm. to be part of the counseling process. Like right. I think that really affects, that really is gonna affect the like, efficacy mm-hmm. of the counseling process. that
1: Most definitely. And you had said that teenage years, you know, 13 and onwards, do you find that they're more resistant to it? Because again, that is such a volatile age. It's essential that if they have, any issues that it would be they'd be able to get help as quickly Mm -hmm. as possible what is it that makes it so difficult
0: so again like a lot lot of the team that i see now like they want that very much want to be a part of the counseling process so for them like they are not resistant to the idea like they might be resistant yeah they might be resistant a little bit like to the idea of being able to accept their emotions but as far as like the counseling process they enjoy coming so Alhamdulillah, I haven't had too many difficult clients in that. Most of my clients, Alhamdulillah, they've been really easy to work with. Mm-hmm. I think that what counseling in general, what can be hard is, um, and just like sometimes seeing patients back to back, they basically feel like I'm in a meeting for five, six hours at a time, right, right, back to back. So that can feel emotionally draining for me, not because of their, not because of them or what they're saying. It's hard work, it's Saba. Sheer, I don't like,
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, because that's the thing. Um, I've experienced with my dad, and he with his clients, but after he would come back home it would be just like you could see it because it's a it does take a lot out of you yeah. to, I mean uh, even though you're drink uh, you're trained to do this but you're one person there's many people that you are help helping simultaneously and it's a lot of things that sort of gets I guess dumped I hate the word dumped but you know it, it does it like come out to you then you have to sort it out for a lot of people so I don't blame you if you're emotionally strained about the end of it all but yeah and but I think it's fantastic how you do it and again mad props I guess it's just one of those things that I'm like I go through your posts and I was like this is fantastic advice but if I was put in that situation that I would have to especially I have like zero tolerance to a lot of people and I, I'm sure a lot of people that you meet aren't always nice so you have to be able to work with that as well and I have zero tolerance for that so it's that's something that when you can do and do it effectively I think that's that's incredible so I think yeah and uh, you know and and the thing I, I guess what the other question I wanted to ask is who do you think or I mean not think but who seeks out counseling more do you think men do it women do it or is it i guess the same
0: um i so at one point i was seeing more male clients and then and then at some point they see more female clients so i don't know like as far as like who seeks counseling more that is is it men or is it women mm-hmm. um i have seen like both i guess both like genders come for counseling so i wouldn't know if it was like specific to women i think it really just depends on like how Like relationship-focused, you are. A lot of times, people seek counseling because they want to fix their relationships, or they're feeling they're having a lot of symptoms of depression, or they're having anxiety. So those are like the main reasons people come to therapy. That
1: that gives me a little bit of hope because there's always that uh, preconceived notion that women are more into their emotions or more expressive of their emotions, so they would be the ones seeking this out more. Mm -hmm. But if you don't see, there's a stark Difference, then I'm glad that there are more men seeking out because there are definitely a lot of men out there that need to, you know, get the help they need. And, you know, I say this in all seriousness. It's not as if to make fun, but I think uh, a lot of men, again, my generation and older, they had a different kind of pressure to be, and uh, you'll have to excuse the term, but the, it's one of those things that I coined when I was m- much younger that to be emotionally constipated. <laughs> like, let's put yeah. it that <laughs> way. <laughs> it's, it's just it's just how it was at that time that you they were not allowed to feel things other than anger i think happiness mm-hmm. was was only mildly mm-hmm. acceptable but anger was the only acceptable emotion and they couldn't feel sadness or any of those really other essential emotions and I that did a lot of damage to a lot of generations and if they do come and you know seek help for what they realize is a is something that needs to be fixed I think that's fantastic I yeah mean,
0: no, no for sure and I, I especially like my, this is my theory but I don't know if there's any papers written on this but my theory is like especially with Pakistan culture like I think of it there's so much trauma that happened would just like hmm. the creation of Pakistan, like when my grandmother talks about Pakistan and how like she had to migrate from India to Pakistan and how her mother died on died during that time and her oh, wow. you know her, her baby brother died during that time and I just think like that's probably one of the things that contributed to like like now me seeing like a lot of Pakistanis just go into this field. I think it's because of the fact that we're generational trauma is definitely like a, a concept that people are talking more and more about. Right. And I can see like how like that can make us as a whole like emotionally constipated because if you know if our grand, great-grandparents went through so much trauma that they didn't get, ever get help for that, they didn't know how to right. deal with those negative and difficult emotions that came right. with that trauma and they were pushing it away, then when they raise kids, those children are not going to be emotionally aware either right. and then it's just a cycle. You're not as a parent teaching your children how to effectively express and acknowledge their emotions then that for them to have to do that in adulthood, like some people never even do it in adulthood, never right. even learn how to do that. So, right, right. I mean, yeah. it does definitely
1: cause a lot of people to be emotionally stunted. I mean, I I know from my past experience mm-hmm. with Pakistani people that there are a lot of people that are emotionally stunted by this because it's just not something that they have ever known how to deal with very effectively. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm glad, you know, it's something that I guess it took a couple of generations, but it's coming slowly to, to view that people are definitely seeking help for the right kind of help for for the for not just themselves I mean especially marriage is another thing I mean marriage counseling in itself was is such a novel thing again I I guess Mm -hmm. I'm speaking for people older me and older that it was just not really something that was done that the, the concept was that you got into a marriage and that's it and you just sort of work it out no matter what. And um, that that was one of those things that I I am so glad for it. I see younger couples who are more in touch with what it is to be married, not just like two people stuck together. End of story, now you figure it out.
0: No, and I, I think that wanting to seek help and like, I think it comes down to education too, and mm-hmm. just it becoming more normalized. Like therapy now and mental health in our culture is becoming more normalized. Mm-hmm. And so when it becomes more normalized, it makes people think, okay, like it's okay if I go. It's not like I'm they have more education about what it actually is and what um, it offers versus thinking, oh, okay, like this is just like a doctor for crazy people or something.
1: For crazy people, that's what it was. That, you know, yeah. my dad's a psychiatrist. That, that's the first thing that he's the doctor for crazy people. There's like, so, <laughs> That's, yeah. but not that you're crazy it's just that there are certain things just like your physical health mm-hmm. I mean people treat diabetes and one of its diabetes one of those things that is so uh, common in Pakistan is it's it's something that in an emotional state and in a mental state that can be treated and help I I think it's fantastic what you do Sabah and before I let you go going to you know I'm just to make this a little bit fun and and to find out more about you So I'm just gonna have do the rapid fire question round, okay? Yeah, go for it. We're gonna find we're gonna find out a little bit more about you. That's not related to counseling. Five questions Mm -hmm. is what you get, and you have to give me the I mean, I don't know, is there a counseling thing for that? The first thing that pops into your head? There is something that's called. It's like word association, that's what it is. (laughs) So word association. So the first it has to be the first thing that pops into your head. You can't think about it, okay. 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 So, All right. tell me about it. Do you like Harry Potter or Hunger Games? Oh my gosh, it's so hard. Okay, but Harry first Potter. Thing, first you. thing,
0: first thing, Sabah, you can't think about Harry it. Potter. Okay. Harry Potter, Okay. Uh, Potter.
1: Ice cream or frozen yogurt?
0: Well, I was gonna say, like, I like frozen yogurt, but I like the, not like the, the tart frozen yogurt, like the ice cream frozen yogurt. I'm okay, wrong.
1: okay, we'll give okay. it to you. Okay, fine. <laughs>
0: And cats or dogs? Cats. Cats, okay. Do you have any? No. I Uh, love cats, but my husband doesn't like animals. uh, (laughs) Aww. Or not that he doesn't like animals. We'll convince him. I will
1: convince my afford.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. It's not that. I shouldn't say that. He does like animals. It's just that he's allergic to cats and he doesn't want them in the house because he's worried about the fur.
1: Oh, okay. Fine. We'll figure something out. Okay. And uh, pineapple on pizza, yes or no?
0: Pineapple on pizza? Yeah, for sure.
1: Okay. And last but not least when you cut the uh, sandwiches do you cut them vertically or diagonally uh, vertically okay okay I'll let <sighs> you go Sabah I've been following Sabah for quite a while now and I know you're on Instagram are you on Facebook I mean I'm so bad at this so I mean please give, give us your Instagram handle and your Facebook address and you know even your web address and whoever wishes to seek you out yeah know, and-
0: sure so my um, Instagram handle is happiness.co.counseling and then I have a face I haven't really like, been active on there just because I've been so busy with work but my uh, I still post on my stories um, my Facebook is also happiness.co.counseling and then my website is subba.com.
1: Thank you again Seba for being here and I hope all of you enjoyed learning more about Seba and how she does what she does and how wonderful her impact is. And please join me again next time for episode three of my segment of some of the most interesting women I know until then take care of yourself and may peace be on you all. Thank you so much for tuning in to I'm a Muslim and That's Okay. And if you wish to follow my social media for more updates, you can follow me on Instagram, on Facebook and on YouTube. All the links to those are in the show notes. And if you are on Apple or on Spotify or on Podchaser, please do give my podcast a five star rating. It really does help get me, you know, in the public eye. And if you wish to donate to support the podcast, you can do so through the PayPal link in my show notes as well. Take care.